Listeners be advised. The Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask is not Be sure to adjust your own mask before helping others. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson, and for you freaky motherfuckers out there, Sebastian Adams. On today's episode, mm, y'all, I brought back the liquor. Um, (laughs) We're going to be talking about a little bit of drunk sex, as well as one night stands. And to join me in this conversation, I have Wesley back on to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Doing fantastic. So, well, before we get into this conversation, do you mind uh, reminding people who you are, what you do, the things that you're working on, all your greatness? Sure. Uh, My name is Wesley Toma. I am a certified relationship and intimacy coach. I focus on the LGBTQIA plus and kink communities. Uh, I'm also starting, uh, when this comes out, I'll have already started a podcast with another another uh, guest, Lori Sweetman, and we will be, this, it's called These Queer Stories, where we'll be talking about uh, being queer, how, what it's, what it's like, the, the queer community, you know, helping people who are part of the community to be more true and authentic uh, self, their, their true and authentic self. And if you want to learn more about me, you can always go to my website, which is wesleytoma.com. Perfect. And I'll make sure I have that info in the show notes for everybody. So, because we will be discussing drunk sex or just uh, sex while intoxicated, I always have this disclaimer for everybody to remind everyone that whenever you are indulging in any kind of intoxicant, liquor, um, or let's say marijuana, whatever the case is, that it does vitiate uh, consent, which also means cancel out your consent, uh, which means that it does, cons- that is considered sexual assault. Now, this does not negate those individuals uh, who do prefer that because personal autonomy is a thing. There are individuals who do enjoy having uh, sex while intoxicated. All I ask is, that's you and you're the type of person who does enjoy that thing that you continue to do that with someone that you trust. Um, And with that being said, let's talk about one night stands and drunk sex. Mm -hmm. So one of the the things that came up in our conversation about these uh, these topics, uh, one is that you for one personally do not participate in drunk sex. Uh, But another thing that we discussed was how 
there are lessons that you can learn from one night stands. Uh, What what are some of those lessons um, that people may learn? Well, I think a lot of the lessons come into with the one night stands is you kind of learn who you are as a sexual partner, you know, because when you're when you're having one night stands, when you're having random hookups, you're not you're not sleeping with the same person. It's they're all different people, you know, and every like everybody is different every person is different everyone experiences pleasure differently so when you're having you know hookups one night stands whatever it's giving you a chance to experience multiple bodies and multiple ways of of delivering pleasure to different people and it kind of it kind of helps you to learn uh not how to be the perfect lover because you know there's no such thing as a perfect lover but it teaches you how to be better and how to be more responsive uh uh communicative and and um observant of a lover because i think if you if you're not the the best the best lover is someone who can observe what's happening and understand what's happening and and adjust to that up to those observations Hmm. so what advice would you have for somebody who does not know how to communicate their wants and needs to someone during some type of casual hookup. Um, Because I've often hear of the stories of, this is specifically women who I heard this story from, but I've experienced it personally, as well as I know some men who've experienced this too, where they do not know how to say, okay, this is making me feel uncomfortable, or this is not as pleasurable as you think it's feeling for me like what advice would you have for somebody who's in that uh, position with someone that they um, just met uh, at the bar or what have you and now they're in this uh, phase of a hookup uh taking the drunk sex out of it and just just focusing on one night stands i think Mm -hmm. you know again because i'm i am a kingster I think you need to talk to your partner beforehand. I get, you know, I get meeting someone at a bar and being hot and heavy and just wanting to get it on as quickly as possible, you know, but I still think even with that, have a quick conversation. Like it doesn't have to be like, I'm not talking about having a a drawn out negotiation, Mm -hmm. just like, I like this. I like this. This is off the table. I want to do this. This is how it is. Let's, let's go. Let's, is that cool? Great. Let's go. You know, it, it negotiation doesn't have to be a contract. It, it can be <laughs> a, a five second conversation where you just talk about your diet likes, dislikes, and your, your hard limits. And, and that's it. You know, and one thing that, that I always talk about when it, when it comes to negotiation, again, as a kingster, because it's like, it's very important to us. Uh, you always, you know, never renegotiate during the act. And when I say that, I, what I mean is, never negotiate up. You can negotiate down, but don't negotiate up. So, you know, don't say, Hey, let's do more, but you should always feel comfortable say, I want to do less, Mm. you know, because when you're in, when you're having, when you're in the moment, you, you know, we all know you, the brain chemistry changes, your body changes, your feelings and emotions change. Your, even your physical reactions change when you're, when you're in the height of a sexual intimacy. So you may not be able to make those informed decisions at that moment because you, you your body's basically lying to you which is why they you know, which is why they say which is why they say you know don't go, don't negotiate up negotiate down you know but i think honestly the ultimately the one thing I, I would say for anybody who's in that situation is just you know if you don't know what your limits are then you need to be okay and you need to you need to let them know that you may stop them even though you don't you didn't negotiate and mm-hmm. that that needs to be okay with everybody 
Yes, that's a good message. Um, like I, I hope for a day where people no longer have to be afraid to say no. Um, <laughs> because even when it comes to a casual hookup, because sometimes people are doing it because of the looks, they're not thinking that this person that they're going home with may be an axe murderer or they're not thinking that this person is an abuser they're not thinking any of these things because it's Mm -hmm. like hey we're in this for sex we're in this to enjoy ourselves and hopefully this person's trying to enjoy themselves just as much without wanting to harm me and I think that those people who are engaging in in casual sex Uh, We all need to bring ourselves to a point, regardless of if you are the person receiving the pleasure or the person giving the pleasure, wherever you fall on that spectrum, to be receptive of no, also be receptive of having these check-ins with the people that you're hooking up with, and also being open to allowing them to say oh wait this is making me feel uncomfortable let's try this different position or let's try something that is not this but related to that like mm-hmm. um you you're wanting to go all in and fuck me but i'm not warmed up yet do you mind uh warming me up some by yeah. you know touching on my nipples rubbing yeah. on my sides all of these things um but i don't i feel as though we're not at that point as a society where people feel open and free to have that conversation. But I also want people to engage in that more because the only way that we can bring ourselves to that point is to start doing it a lot more within our casual hookups, our um, uh, conversations with our friends, our those people that we're um, intimate with, be it multiple partners or just our own singular partner. And maybe they share that with their friends. Like, oh, this actually happened. And I thought it was going to ruin the sex, but it actually made the sex better. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things. Yeah, I am a very communicative lover. I'm always talking. I'm always, you know, and and I'm also very, I I love the sound of my, of my partner's voice when, when, when intimate. Uh, it brings it, it it turns me on, you know, listening to my partner enjoy themselves, listening to them moan, listening to them talk about it. so and like one of the things that I do that you know a lot of, and a lot of people do it, obviously, but they do it just to be dirty. Is is the you know, you like that? How's that feel? Oh yeah, baby. How's that how's that make you how you are you enjoying that? Yeah, you want more? That stuff, you know, not only is it sexy and it kind of turns you on in the moment. It's also very informative mm-hmm. because, you know, if you're doing something and they like it, they can tell you, yeah, yeah, that's great. Keep doing it more. And you're like, okay. You know, so, and it's like, and that's part of the, like I was saying, the observe, observation side of things is that's part of observa- observation is having those check-ins and talking to people and saying, hey, how's this going for you? And, you know, and if they say, yeah, it's all right, don't be offended. You know, because, because not like, like, you know, everybody is different. Like I said earlier, you know, everybody feels pleasure differently and what, you know, you may be used to, you know, honestly, I know how to pleasure my, I can, I can get myself off in like three, four minutes easy, you know, because I know my own body. I know exactly how to do it, Mm -hmm. but I know that the way I like it isn't necessarily the way anybody else would. So I know what I do is not something I I, is guaranteed to work on everybody. Like I, I actually, I do enjoy when a sexual partner does check in, Mm -hmm. but I also feel awkward whenever someone tries, like, 
for me, I can tell a genuine check-in versus, oh, I'm trying to make this like a porn scene. And whenever it gets to that point where they're trying to make it into a porn scene, I'm just like, okay, I'm a little bit uncomfortable now. <laughs> um, like whenever someone like asks me, oh, do do I like that? And sometimes I'm just like, it's, I want to say like, oh, it's okay. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, like if you ask me a question, I'm going to give you the honest answer. But some of those questions, I'm just like, let's not do that. Like if someone asks me, oh, whose ass is this? Or whose dick is this? Whose pussy is this? You know, whoever, like whatever you're trying to do, for me, I cannot say, oh, it's yours. I, I, I cannot because I have ownership over my body and because I have ownership of my body and me sharing my body with you does not mean you own this body Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like whenever uh, I'm asked questions like that those tend to take me out of the scene um, versus keeping me fully into it and um, I have communicated that with some of my uh, sex partners some don't listen and then I'm just like are you trying to make this pleasurable or no (laughs) what are we doing here um but i also say that from a place of privilege too because um the people that i engage with they already know that you're not going to be here if i don't want you here like (laughs) to be in my uh, presence is the privilege that i'm providing for you uh it's it's a self-confidence thing you might uh, some might say i have a huge ass ego i'm okay with that (laughs) but it's like everybody should look at their relationships that way to be honest because yeah, it like, is a pleasure to be with people. Exactly. It's like I like me sharing myself with you is me allowing you into a very special and uh, spiritual place. Mm-hmm. Like I have that uh, sense of myself that this this is a, a temple. And mm-hmm. what I provide and what I allow people to gaze upon is, you know, a part of that. Uh, mm-hmm. It extends over to news as well, people. It extends over to news. Be selective about who you share your news with. That's all I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> uh, but this now also goes back to something that I'm very, very big on. And like I was saying, is ne- the negotiation. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about it. Talk. You know, one of the things that people, it, it's kind of, it's kind of seen as like a like a ha ha thing to the Muslim world. But everyone talks about you know in 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 kink we have our safe words. Mm-hmm. You know. And they're important because, you know, especially in kink, because we in kink, the safe word is kink can be dangerous. Let's be real. Like you could be doing some very dangerous things for pleasure. The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, The stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss include kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. 
can be dangerous. Let's be real. Yes. Like you could be doing some very dangerous things for pleasure. It, that's kind of the point of it to, to a lot of people. So sometimes you need a, a safe, you need a safe word to, to know when to stop. But I know people who, you know, kinksters who don't like the check-ins. They don't want, they, they, like, like you, it pulls them out of the scene. So they negotiate differently. They say, hey, don't check in verbally, but, you know, grab my arm and give me a squeeze. Give my arm a squeeze. And, and if you squeeze my arm, if I squeeze back, that means everything's good. If I don't, that means something's wrong, you know, or, you know, some people think, you know, screaming you know, cookie in the, in the middle of sex <laughs> may be weird. You know, one of the things that I, I highly recommend instead of the kink word, and I think it's better than not kink word, the uh, safe word, and I think it's better than the safe word, is the red, yellow, green. Yes. Because it, it adds dimensions to it. You know, for anyone who may not know what it is, you know, obviously it's like a street sign. You know, if someone says red, you stop. Everything is over. The scene is over. Sex is over. You're done. No, the, the end. The night is done. But in a green, obviously, it, everything's perfectly fine. Keep going as it is. But yellow, this is something that the safe word really doesn't give you. Yellow allows you to pause a moment and take a minute to have a conversation. Like if you like something, but it's not quite feeling right or it's overwhelming, you call yellow. And that way that your partner can say, okay, what's, for, what's going on? How are you feeling? Okay, I can adjust. Let me not do that anymore. Let me do this instead. You know, and then, you know, again, always remember though, if you call yellow, you can't, you have to call green to, to continue. Nobody can call green, but the person called yellow. Um, and, you know, your partner should keep it yellow until you say, until you call green. And that is, a, like I said, it's a time to kind of talk about it, go over it. And then when you're ready on your time, you know, call green again and then continue on. Whereas with a safe word, it's usually like, once the safe word is called, you're done. Yeah. You know, hmm. that's a, that's a good. I, I did not think about that like um what the difference between like the use of the safe word and then mm -hmm. the uh color spectrum um yeah that does give a, a lot more of a leeway like i personally prefer the uh colors too um most definitely when it comes to like uh any kind of group play um mm -hmm. but like I, I know like with my 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 ex um mm -hmm. uh, we had our safe word um i forgot what it was I just thought of the, the show safe word. Anyways, we had our own safe word and whatnot. Um, but I also remember one of the most passionate and powerful sexual experience I had with him was actually when uh, we incorporated a leash. And if I pulled the leash tighter, that changed his actions. Uh, and mm -hmm. if I loosen it up, that changed it as well. And just that nonverbal communication just kept us inside of um, that sexual experience a lot longer and it prolonged the pleasure as well. And mm -hmm. even after, um, you know, everybody came or what, what have you, uh, we talked about it and I was like, did you notice that happened? It's like, no, I didn't even pay any attention, but I was like, yeah, that actually happened. <laughs> like, uh, we were like in sync without even knowing this was going on. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, just those different ways that you can communicate um, your likes and needs to people um, verbally and non-verbally uh, mm -hmm. is, is really important. And mm -hmm. I, I do hope that we can get to a point in our society that we can do those on like a one-nighter um just be like hey I, here's my uh just come with the rap sheet here's all my uh reds this is my greens but look if you get me to a little bit of yellow we can figure out how that's going to go and there we go <laughs> like you know i came here for the sex and you was looking mm -hmm. good across uh across the bar and i decided to come up and look here we are what we doing 
there is this thing you can find it online if you if you, you look it up it's uh i think it's called the bdsm uh negotiation checklist i think mm -hmm. uh, i think if you google that you'll find it it's like it's i wouldn't recommend this for everybody because it's like a four page thing it's, it's a four page list of all different kinks and you put yes no maybe depends we need to talk about it something like that um and you know again for kinksters it's great because you know it covers a lot of stuff and you just can say you can hand it to someone and say here's here's my list and they can look it over and say okay fine we can work with this you know and obviously you don't need to pull out a four a four page list for a one night stand but it's what one thing i've 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 actually suggested to people is write down your likes your dislikes and your heart stops mm -hmm. You know, even if you never show them to anybody, write them down because then you know them. Because you can't, you cannot relay your 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 likes and dislikes if you don't understand them yourself. Exactly. So take the time, write them down, and then if you have them written down, it's easy for you to then look at that list and say, "These are things I like. These are things I don't like." And so when you're in the situation, it's easier for you to remember. This is, you know, here's the checklist. Boom, 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 boom. Let's go. Exactly. Like even when I think about the hookups that I engage in, because I make an effort to do this. Um, and I ask people what are they into sexually? And they um, you know, respond however they respond. And then they ask me about myself. I tell them straight up, like, this is what I'm into in terms of sexual role, um, what I enjoy doing um during sex, because look whatever sexual role I have, the way I express my sex is often against that role. So, <laughs> which is a shock to some people because um, um, some are shocked to figure out that I'm a very, like, a dom person. Well, I'm actually a switch, but look, it's a little bit more of a dom than switch half the time. But like, um, letting them know, like, look, I enjoy nipple play. I enjoy um, um, toe sucking. I, I have mm. mine sucked. I enjoy like um, people like massages. I enjoy fraudage. I enjoy a little bit of spanking. I enjoy these things. And then I also let them know, just in case of where their mind might be, that I'm also into kinks, but all of that depends on the chemistry that I have with that person. Right. So that lets them know, oh, if I do decide to prolong things with this person, we might actually engage in those kinks if I'm comfortable with those things. Now, uh, when it comes to people I'm interested in, like dating, and we have these conversations about sex, the first thing I do is tell them, hey, this, this BDSM test, I need you to take that. And then once you take that, send me those results and we could talk about what's going on here. <laughs> and we could talk about what I like and what you like and how these things can combine. Yeah. Um, like, this is like my way of normalizing these kind of conversations uh, for other people, as well as um, giving them those tools so they can utilize those in the conversations that they have with uh, um, people that they meet that's not me. Yeah, I think, you know, and honestly, it's, it's funny because I just took that BDSM test um, like a couple of days ago because I, I took it many years ago and it's been it's been a while. So I'm like, oh, let me see. And I totally disagree because it said I was like 100 percent rope bunny and I hate rope. I it's just not a thing that I've ever been interested in. Question. Yeah. Is it that you so would you be tied up or would you tie someone else up? I don't, I, nothing about rope interests me. So how did you get that? 
I don't know. Something you, something you, um... something I put there told him is <laughs> apparently I'm a rope bunny. But was rigor say, up there? <laughs> it was. That was an option. Yeah, and I that was way down on the bottom of the list. What? I yeah. So, but like I would suggest, and if if I can, if I remember, I'll send that checklist I was talking to you. It's a better. I think it's better than mm-hmm. that thing because that. I mean, it's. I mean, that's kind of silly, and it kind of can. It's. I mean, it it serves its purpose, but it's not perfect. But um, like and kind of going with what you're saying, it's like I'm I'm very much I'm very similar. Like I can be very subby, um, but I like playing on both sides of the slash. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I play on when I'm a dom when I dom, I'm a very service dom, very soft dom. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking to you know hurt you and you know feel that I don't want to feel that aggressiveness that a lot of doms want to feel. Or and, and sometimes when I'm you know when I'm with a sub, it's that's what they want too, and I can't service that you know i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you what you want me to do i'm gonna talk to you i'm gonna mm-hmm. explore your your limits i'm gonna i'm gonna hurt you but i'm gonna do it in a way that i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna be aggressive i'm gonna be i'm sir I'm, I'm soft i'm communicative you know so yeah i think it's important that stuff it's important to just understand where you are and who you are whether it's a one night stand or a scheduled you know kink scene or you know another date night with your spouse mm. you have to understand yourself and you have to understand who you are and where you are yes oh now i'm thinking about me as a dom and i know <laughs> I, like i'm a sensual person and i mm-hmm. love sen- sensory play sensual play i love the engagement that brings like pleasure torture is my thing oh mm-hmm. my god <laughs> like Preaching oh to the choir. <laughs> like delayed <laughs> gratification is like, uh, mm-hmm. okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> one of the things that we were talking about in the meeting is how uh, casual hookups, though they can be have their negative aspects, uh, casual hookups are actually helping with normalizing sex. Yes. Um, so what what about that um, brought you to that statement? So if you look at our society in in general, um, and I and I'm saying society isn't globally mm-hmm. because I think there's an there's something that we deal with on a global level. It's not just America; it's everywhere. Uh, we're very we're very um, uptight when it comes to talking about sex. You know, we have sex ed in school, but it's very 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 much just like you know, practice safe sex. This is this is the this is the science behind it. Let's move on. Nobody actually talks about the joy of sex. Nobody actually wants to talk about the joy of sex. Like, let's even take the kink out of it. Like growing growing up, and you know, we never we would never discuss sex within my family because it's it's just not what you do in polite society, as they say. You know, even if it's between two consenting adults or two married adults, you know, you don't talk about it. And I think when it comes to like for one night stands, it's helping normalize it in, in casual hookups because it's teaching you it's, it's, it's one, it's teaching you that sex is okay. There is nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's not something that you have to do with the lights off and the shutters closed under the, under the pillow, under the blankets, missionary only, you know, and then you have to, and then you don't have to beg for Jesus' forgiveness after the fact, you know, you can have fun with it and it teaches you to have fun with it, but it also teaches you to communicate your, those pleasures with people. And, you know, 
I, I, I yes, I, I think this this next statement is, is very much biased towards uh, males because obviously males have a little bit more freedom when it comes to their sexual exploration. Um, but when you're having a lot of the when you're having casual sex, it gives you a chance to. I don't want to say not, not, not to brag, but you do. Mm-hmm. You probably talk to about about it with your friends. You know, you're gonna talk about you know people you've been with, people you're hooking up with to your friends, and it 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 creates communication and it creates conversation, and that's important. You know, and it, it helps to make the thought of sex a more comfortable thing. Mm. You know, I agree with you, but I also disagree. Um, The the only thing I disagree with is the uh, males having like the the freedom to talk about sex like it only it only depends on what type of sex men have that freedom. Uh, And, uh, and of course, that's me on, you know, my own, that's a subjective lens of that. But um, because I think about like, with uh women um though they do not have the freedom to express themselves uh sexually but they have the freedom to be as freaky as they want to be as long as they're married to the person or they're not out here being a a whore let's say (laughs) as long as they're not doing that oh go ahead let that freak flag fly you can have sex with other women you're good we okay with that and of course there's a subsect of men who's just against lesbian but they're against all things sexual anyway so fuck them um, <laughs> but then with uh, uh men is like okay if you're fucking pussy we're okay we can have this conversation as long as you're um fucking them and you're doing the things that's within the norm because i think about vanilla Mm -hmm. um very often what is considered vanilla in heterosexual spaces all the time and i think eating ass is just now got to the point that is normalized in heterosexual relationships so great well eating the female's ass having the female eat the man's ass is a different question a different kind of conversation i i I guess that's going to be the the next unlocked feature of heterosexuality That's the next level up. <laughs> next level up. I'm here for it. I can't wait till that happens. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't see any guy walking up to his uh, his homeboys and just be like, oh yeah, my girl ate my ass last night, fam. Like, what's up? <laughs> like, oh yeah. That moment's like, yeah. are you gay? <laughs> the fuck you mean? <laughs> oh yeah. No, you're, yeah, you're right. And, and even more so, like, I could never in, I'd say most our conversations i can never talk openly about my kinks mm. because they no matter no matter gay straight whatever man woman being a kinkster is still considered very 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 faux pas to us in our society so it's so yeah i mean yeah I, I i did say men have more freedom which is i think they do have more freedom but again you're right mm-hmm. it is within certain certain frameworks but like you know i could like my parents i'm married my parents know i'm married they know they know we have sex i mean it's <laughs> we don't talk we don't have to talk about it for them to know that we we have sex mm-hmm. but you know if they if they knew some of the things that we like to do Oh, their mind would just go all the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, they, they'd be, they'd be, they'd be giving, like, giving, like, come back to Jesus speech. Mm-hmm. You know, 
because like yeah it's just not accepted you know it's crazy because like uh, i think about my family uh because they they're i won't say they're super conservative conservative or i will say religious but non-conservative like mm -hmm. um they're all about the bible and what's a sin is a sin and all this other stuff but they, over the years they've gotten a little bit better and i know some of that is because of how i am on social media and all of them see my posts um uh, mm -hmm. and because I talk about sex all the time, they were like, okay, when are you going to stop talking about sex? You don't need to talk about sex as much. But then there, I accidentally put them in a double bind uh, when I published my book. And my book is called The Essential Guide on How to Be a Hoe, right? Mm -hmm. So um, because of that title, and they want to like shout me out and show love and show support for the fact that I wrote this book. Now they have to address the fact that, oh, my nephew or, or my, uh, yeah, usually nephew, uh, or, um, my son wrote this book about hoeing. Mm -hmm. So we have to talk about sex. <laughs> mm -hmm. And now like we cannot give him his props without acknowledging that this is about sex. So I guess I isn't have that to Isn't that amazing? <laughs> isn't that a great thing to f force sex positivity on people? I, I love that. I love so it. Gross. Like even when I um, visited um, for uh, uh, my aunt's funeral and we were talking to other family members and uh, one of my aunts on my mother's side who because this was a aunt on my dad's side. She was there and she uh, was talking about it. It's like, oh, and this is the uh, one who made wrote that book. And we were talking <laughs> about that. And um, now we're in the living room having a whole conversation about sex. And, uh, you know, the elder in the room, she's putting her input in about how, oh, yeah, back in our days, we was doing all this kind of stuff. And this is how you keep a man and all this other shit. And I'm like, look at that. <laughs> we're having open conversations about sex in this house. Mm -hmm. Hey, God, good. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if you look at, the, honestly, if you want, if you look at how things were back in the 70s, 60s, mm -hmm. 70s, being, you know, you know, it wasn't, it, it was, I, I'm not saying it was as open as it is now, because I, th mm -hmm. I think, you know, at least for the gay, the LGBT community, this is probably the best it's ever been for, for most of us. Um, but, you know, you look back at the 70s compared to like, say, the 80s. And the seventies were way more open, way more accepting than they, and they kind of took a backslide for a little bit there, which is so weird. Mm -hmm. But you know, and again, of course, now because you know we have we had a terrible president, we we took another backslide. But that's that's for another episode. <laughs> right, right. Oh my God, yes. Um, <laughs> like I, this is my personal belief. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> whoever is against it, feel free because I, I understand because I'm about to say something completely crazy. All right, so my personal belief is that most people uh, who are extremely against sexual expression these days were like the biggest hoes back in the 60s and 70s. And then, you know, with the AIDS crisis and their mm -hmm. the fear that's within that, they're just like, oh, I have to demonize everything related to that. Even though three weeks ago I was sucking some dick, mm -hmm. I cannot be associated with that. So it's F the gay stuff. We don't do that. Not in this household. None of that. And then here we are. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the Republican Party now. <laughs> yeah. 
I'd say at least 90% of them, yeah. <laughs> so it's okay if you were sucking dick. It's okay if you was eating pussy. It is yeah. what it is. We love you regardless. Let it go. And another thing that I recently learned is that the strict behavior against sexual expression, the way that we see it today, did not change until after Reconstruction. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so what was it like before then? Because I know that they had brothels. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, since men were the ones that had all the rights at the time. Of course, we're going here to have sex with these women. We're going here to have sex with the men. Uh, we're going to have sex with the people who are somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. But then after that, now everything gets fucked up. <laughs> women have rights. How dare they? Now you're mm-hmm. saying the gay people have to have rights? <laughs> oh. yeah how dare we right. how dare we <laughs> but and it's 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 funny though because like you know my family knows that I, I i i'm a relationship coach i don't add that part about that i specialize in the kink community mm-hmm. because those are questions i don't want to have to have have them ask you know they know i'm gay they know i i'm, I'm queer and they know i focus i i service a lot of the queer community as well but because they don't want to have that conversation i don't want to have that conversation with them to be honest we don't have that conversation but it's it's because there's that stigma behind kinksters mm-hmm. you know that it's not okay to be a kingster it's not that's not normal that's weird that's odd that's you know the furries and the people who molest little children are kinksters and which is you know wow. that's bullshit first of all and you know it's not the 90s, well, there's nothing wrong with being a furry, but you know, what I mean, like, but this, 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 this is what they think is like this negativity, you know, and so it's, but what's funny is, you know, whenever I talk about what I do outside of my family, because I do like to talk about what I do, I, I love doing this. Uh, when I, when I mentioned to someone who's very vanilla that I focus, you know, part of, I'm part of the King community and I focus on the King community, the first question almost, almost always, oh, what are your kinks? Really? They're so so fascinated by it. yeah. That's what they want. I've gone to kink events. I have friends that I've known in the kink community for almost a decade. I could not tell you what their kinks are because it was it's never discussed because we don't kinksters don't talk about it with each other. You know, unless unless we're going to be sexually active with mm-hmm. each other and we're going to explore those kinks, we almost never talk about it. I mean, we may see each other in like a, a class here or there say, oh, you're in this rope class. You're in this rope class. Okay. Obviously you both like rope, you know, as an example, but I have friends that I don't know anything about their kinks and that's fine. You know, but anytime I meet a quote unquote non-kinkster, which also I don't necessarily think that that's a, that's the thing. I think everyone is kind of a kinkster in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, they always, one of the first questions is what, oh, what are your kinks? <laughs> That is very interesting. And yeah. we, when you made that statement that you don't even know what your friends' kinks are, I mm-hmm. thought about me. Like, I really don't know what my friends' kinks are, what they're, yeah. other than the ones who've came onto the podcast and we've shared like our yeah. um, BSM results and we talked about kinks because of the kink episode. Mm-hmm. I'm not really having that conversation on a regular basis because I don't necessarily care. Not that, you know, I don't care about them or whatever, but like I live by the rule. If I'm not going to be worried about what's going on in your bedroom, if I like the only time I will worry about is if I'm going to be in your bedroom. If I have plans to be in your bedroom, I'm asking these questions. But if I don't, I don't like, 
I don't care what you're doing. Like you could slap somebody 15 times and then suck their dick. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. I hope they came and I hope you came too. Yeah. I, <laughs> we're not going to have go into deep conversations about it. So yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. One thing I've, I've learned, which I, I found so fascinating over the years, because um, I've gone to King conventions, I've gone to munches, which are when a bunch of kinksters in your local area just get together for like dinner and kind of hang out. Uh, we don't talk about kink almost almost never. I mean, if we're at a convention, obviously, because that's it's the focus, there's a little bit more kink talk there. But when you're in the social settings of those, we don't talk about kink. We talk about our pets. We talk about Star Trek. And we talk about D&D, <laughs> but never kink. <laughs> so like and that's that's another one of those misconceptions that the, the world has. It's like, oh, they're kinksters. They must all that must be all they talk about. They're such depraved human beings. That's all they matter. It's like, no, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna look at your your cat pictures for 20 minutes because you have an adorable fucking cat. And I'd rather see, I'd rather learn more about your cat than your kink. Yeah, because I like <clears throat> Is weird because I know I'm not going to go to a, a sex conference with the intentions of I'm going to be having sex with somebody. No. However, I can go to an education conference and just like, you know what, I want to catch at least two bodies while I'm there, either mm-hmm. with the local community or with somebody that's at that conference. Yep. That is wow. That's I, <laughs> that's hilarious. I never thought about that. <laughs> because it is it is a different level of sexual freedom going back to what we were talking about before is normal it's normalized it's more normalized at the king at the sex convention so it doesn't it's not doesn't feel as exciting as dirty as it does it if you go to like the teacher conference where you know it feels a little bit more exciting a little bit more dirty a little bit more naughty you know because it's a little bit more uptight there and it's it's not as normalized So now should we normalize sex? Oh my God. I'm joking. We should still normalize sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I don't care. I don't care how normalized sex is. You can still be hot for teacher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the things um, that we did discuss is mm-hmm. how there's a fear mongering uh, aspect to casual sex mm-hmm. you have those conversations of the online hookup going wrong which is important to mention but we blast that like oh all you're going to find if you do online dating is someone who's trying to murder you it's going to be another jeffrey dahmer out there that's what's going on on these apps rather than mentioning the fact that this was one person who did this um be- behavior, be it rob somebody, murder somebody, kidnap somebody, uh, abuse somebody, whatever the case may be. This is one mm-hmm. person. However, there are thousands and millions of people on these dating apps. Yet mm-hmm. we're using this one case to generalize to everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's that has a lot to do with politics, to be honest. That's because they're the ones that are usually the, they're the ones that are usually doing the fear mongering. And it's because they're trying to make a point you know, like to talk about the dating apps as an example, I met my husband on a dating app. You know, I had to go through a lot of jerks to get to him. Yes. And I had to go through a lot of guys that I, that weren't jerks, but just didn't work out. Yes. But I found him on a dating app. We've been together now 12 years. We've been married for 10, you know? So, I mean, they're not, you're not going to find, they're not all crazy psychopaths on there. You know, in fact, Dating apps wouldn't be so popular if that's all that there was because people would stop using them. You know, 
yes, you you know you have stories of like the the people that used to use Craigslist as example mm-hmm. to hurt people. But there was there was like one maybe two people that did that, and then you know, but but it got him such a bad name that they ended up shutting shutting that section of Craigslist down. You know, it, it's it's the the rotten apple. You know, whatever it gets the worm, and so it's like we did we need to accept we, we need to stop the fear mongering because it doesn't help <laughs> you know it it doesn't the only thing it does is is make you stand out uh, stand out to your your incumbents it doesn't serve the community at all it's 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 just a it's just a way to rack up votes and you know keep people you know, quote unquote in check mm. and see now i'm thinking about um because, you know, there's that SESTA-FASA thing and how that negatively impacts so many people, especially sex workers and um, mm-hmm. uh, social media platforms. However, mm-hmm. regardless of, like, they, it's, it's something that is used to demonize certain platforms and not all platforms. For example, mm-hmm. uh, I had an incident with MailChimp where um, I just had my OnlyFans in there. My OnlyFans has absolutely no porn on there. Like, there's no dicks. You might see some titties because, look, it's free titties Fridays, free titty Tuesday, Tuesdays. Let the titties out, okay? Do it. Let them out. Let them hang. Yeah. But you might see that on there. But they were like, oh, because you have this link to OnlyFans, um, we we cannot, you know, push your email list out there. And then I'm like, okay, why is it OnlyFans the thing that you're like demonizing me for? However, I have my my Night Flirt account associated with this that's going to be sent out on this email account and that's something that actually caters towards yeah you might not see news on there but that's uh, a sex work related site and then i also have my twitter on there which has a lot more porn on it than any of those things that i'm a part of because look Mm -hmm. most people's only fans account is linked to their Twitter account, which means the porn that they have on there is coming up on their Twitter account. So why is why is it that I can include Twitter on here? Like, let's be real. You're doing this because you all feel as though, oh, we need to isolate anything that's related to sex. No, mm-hmm. why not just embrace that? And it also reminded me of Patreon because mm-hmm. I had this little dilemma. I was like, do I want to continue to use this or not? I, I ended up making the decision to stay on it. But one of the things that they, um, that I, I read this article about how they hosted sites, well, individual accounts that actually had child pornography on it. Now, I don't know if they took down those uh, accounts or what have you, uh, but uh, the argument was that you, anybody on Patreon should like cancel their accounts with them. They should shut down the site and what have you. But I'm just like, this is a minority uh, amount of people who, who are doing this. So go after those people specifically. That's what we have the FBI for so that they can do this investigation to get these people who are actually abusing children and putting them online. And then the thought came up, what about these individuals, um, most of the time parents, who allow their children to um, be in their TikTok content because they know the children will actually get more reviews. So now are we not going to utilize the same things to say that they're actually pimping out their children for views? Mm -hmm. 
like these dynamics, these things, <laughs> these conversations are not really happening the way that they need to happen. Because me personally, as long as your child knows what's going on, that they're actively participating uh, in these things, and you're uh, reviewing who's being uh, exposed to your child's image, okay, put them on TikTok. Enjoy that. Yeah. But to use them to be your source of income, how's that any different? than someone exploiting a child on Patreon. Right. I, I get I mean, the sexual it, component, because it's still wrong, yeah. but... But, and how is that really any different than you having an OnlyFans, you know, trying to make a little money off of off of you, you know? Mm-hmm. I, it's, it, it, go, it, goes, it goes back to the, to the fear-mongering. It's like, you know, not all sex workers are bad. Mm. Yes, there are some bad sex workers. There's some bad, insert every profession here. Yes. You know, that doesn't mean you have to you have to shun and shut down the entire system because of one or two bad apples. You know, it's I I have a I have many friends that are sex workers. I have friends that have OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. I you know, and OnlyFans recently, you know, when they went to that whole, you know, we're not gonna accept sex stuff anymore for like, you know, a minute. You know, I have friends that were highly affected from that. I have friends that have had Tumblr accounts that got shut down when tumblr went sex free yeah right it's it, it oh was a, it was a sad i mourned that day I mourned Can I tell too. You? that was so hurtful mm. i wore black all day but yeah so i mean i have friends that were affected by that they're not doing anything wrong they're adults they're grown adults they're not putting anybody in harm they're not putting themselves in harm or at least not harm that they're not consenting towards they're doing <laughs> you know and the people watching them you know they're as far as they as far as they're aware adults and that's on on the platform to make sure that's that you know they are so what's wrong with this if it just just because it happens to be you know my you know someone you know one of my friends hula hooping naked or you know another friend who's you know fucking herself with a dildo or you know it's oh, two guys talented. that are just having, hey, you know, she's good. You know? Wait, okay, I need, I just need to process. <laughs> not not with that not with the hula, hula hooping with the, hooping with the d- okay, that, no, that's the thing. Two. I was like, oh my god, that is beautiful. <laughs> like girl, like our guy, our person. Yeah. You know, do you? That is some shit right there. Oh my god, yeah. that that <laughs> would talented. be pretty talented. That would be pretty talented. No, it's two separate people. But you know, they're not hurting anybody. They're they're enjoying. They're having. They're just just trying to make money the way they know how to make money. And honestly, what's the difference between what? And honestly, like, what is the difference between a sex worker on OnlyFans and a movie star? Mm, absolutely not. Well, actually, yeah. I want to see the OnlyFans, the movie star. They, no, half of them, I'm just yeah. like, you're. I guess you're attractive. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot act, but okay. <laughs> but they're exploiting themselves mm-hmm. for for profit. Exactly. Absolutely no difference at all. No. And uh, unfortunately, I just cannot get this image out of my head. <laughs> oh, the whole hoop with the yeah. Yes, like if you, if, if you're that talented, just go ahead and email me or um, just send me a message on Twitter or something like that. If Twitter's still around by the time this actually yes. airs, um, just let me know so I could just go ahead and subscribe to your OnlyFans and do not say that you do this and I subscribe and you do not do this. I don't like to be lied to people. <laughs> if if you can hula hoop while simultaneously fucking yourself with a dildo, as a gay man, I still want to see that. Oh <laughs> you, you have a market right there because that's fucking talented. 
really talented. Like, who is producing that kind of content out here? <laughs> you have the corner, corner of the mark. Like, everybody's I mean, wanting to see this. It's hard enough to hula hoop. Never mind while getting fucked by it. Yeah. Mm. Like, uh, and butt plugs does not count. <laughs> Let me go ahead and mm. add that. Saying, oh, I have the butt plug in and I'm hula hoop. No, that does not count. No. Actual inserting and exerting. Oh yeah. God. That would be hot. <laughs> oh fucking hot. Oh my God. Maybe one leg at first and then that's a way to get the attraction. You build it with one leg and fucking yourself with it. And then eventually, you know what? I need to go get me a hula hoop. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thinking about it now, when you have a hula hoop on, you're you're kind of moving your hips in a way. Mm. that it actually does work if you put like it on a like some sort of stick and you kind of sit on it you oh could, my could, gosh you can do it with a machine you could do it with a machine yeah oh my I still, god i still want to see it i still want to absolutely fucking see it <laughs> <laughs> yes hula hoop with the uh with the sex machine is going to be the mm. there we go mm. there we go that's mm. nice <laughs> right okay so last <laughs> topic before Actually, I think we were okay. We were, we are running out of time, so we're gonna be quick on this. <laughs> okay. So, um, this is related to the disclaimer that I started off at the end of the sh- uh, at the beginning of the show. Having mm-hmm. trust when engaging in drunk sex or any kind of intoxicated sexual experience. Why is that important? I so this goes back to why I don't agree with drunk sex because when you are intoxicated, whether it's for the alcohol or the drunk impairment or whatever, you're not in the right, you cannot be in the right frame of mind to make consent um, approval. You know, you just can't, you can't be a consensual person because you're not in the mind frame to give consent. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you can't drive a car when drunk, why you shouldn't be able to drive your, your body drunk, you know? So I think it's, I think for me, it's uh, like it's if, if if someone comes to me talking about drunk sex, it's a no. It's mm-hmm. it's a no go. No. Now that said, um, if I was gonna have it, if I was gonna do it, it would be with my husband, who I've like I said I've known for over a decade, and I trust him one hundred percent. I trust him implicitly, to the point where I know that even though I may not be in the right state of mind, he's not going to do anything to hurt me or take advantage of me or take advantage of the situation, mm. and. Not only that, but I also trust him enough to know that if I don't know when to stop, he would still, he would know when to stop, you know, and you need that. And if you're doing one night stands or you're doing random hookups and you, you're shit face drunk, that person doesn't know you. That person doesn't know your signs. And, you know, and honestly, even, you know, with, with my husband, I, if we were going to do it, I would start very slowly. Like start with just a little buzz because we've never had drunk sex, mm-hmm. you know? And so we don't know how our bodies are going to be when we're, when we're shit faced, you know? So I would say like, start with just a little tiny buzz and do it that way and work your way up and get a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until you're, you know, as pie eyed as you want, but you know, don't just jump into it because you know, you don't know your body. You don't know how your body's going to react. And your partner honestly doesn't know it either, mm-hmm. you know? So with a, with someone you trust, slow it down, do it slowly, but ne- you should never do it with someone you've just met. Mm. And you know what? That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> <laughs> that is all that needs to be said. Like, um, 
I really do need people to be cognizant of the person that I just met does not know me. They don't know my uh, likes. They don't know my dislikes. Of course, that's something that can and should be communicated. But whenever you are intoxicated, it does impair your decisions. It does Mm -hmm. um, make you a little bit uh, more likely to do something that you wouldn't do while sober. Like if you have Mm -hmm. to take three shots in order to have sex with somebody, you probably shouldn't be having sex with that person. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even when it comes to marijuana, I will say the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, yes, you're a lot more coherent than you may be if you're drunk, but still understand how how the sexual experience is with this person while sober before you include any kind of drugs. 100%. Yeah. So on that note, let's get into this Never Have I Ever segment. Uh, But instead of doing Never Have I Ever, I would like to do Would You Rather. Okay. Would you rather have a lover who can never orgasm or one that can never make you orgasm? Mm, I am a pleaser. Um, Like I said, I'm very soft. Um, I'm all about pleasure. So I would much prefer myself not orgasming as long as my partner has has as much joy and pleasure as they can get. You know, I'm the same. I am the same. Like, I do enjoy mutual pleasure. Um, mm-hmm. Most definitely if it's like some um, casual kind of thing. But when it comes to anything long-term or somebody that mm-hmm. I've been intimate with in the past, mm-hmm. I'm okay not busting a nut. I'm okay with um, not... Um, reaching to the point of having an orgasm because um, one I don't count the first nut because that little thing just comes whenever it needs to and it's just like once that's done you didn't do what needed to be done you just got that one out the way and I appreciate <laughs> you for doing that now my body is warmed up for the real yeah. thing let's, <laughs> so, let's, <keep> on. <laughs> let's keep on but like yeah. I uh, will I love it whenever I can provide pleasure to other people when mm-hmm. I can uh, elongate their orgasm as long as I can, or even just be in control of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, most definitely, if it's like in uh, terms of like masturbating somebody and, and they don't want to come yet. And I'm just like, mm, but you're not in control here. Yeah. So <laughs> because I'm in control of this. I'm the one with the decisions here. <laughs> I got the power. <laughs> um, but like those kind of things give me pleasure. Yes. Um, so like if if they don't make me come, it's all good. Yeah. You got what you needed and I receive a good bit of pleasure from that. There have been many nights where me and my husband have fooled around and I I wasn't really necessarily aroused, but I pleased him, which got me aroused. But, you know, when, when he, after he came, he's like, do you need, do you want me to help you? I'm like, no, I'm good. Exactly. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, is there anything that you would like to share with the audience? Any tips, tricks, things like that? I would say, uh, one thing I would say is sex is okay. Sex is normal. Everyone does it. I don't care who you are. Everyone does it. And we should stop shaming each other, shaming each other for things we like to do and the things we all do. Mm, I agree with that message. Well, Wesley, thank you so much for sharing your time with me and coming onto the podcast. I greatly appreciate you. Thank you um, very much. 
Oh, anytime. And for the listeners, thank you all so much for listening to the Holiloquy podcast where we step out and speak on sexuality. Just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful. You are worthy of happiness and joy. You are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.